Boxed Out Podcast, episode 25. I'm Harry Worth, and as always, I'm joined by Jack McDonald. Here we are. Finals, baby. It's time. Teams trailing 0 3 in a playoff series are now 0 151. Teams to force a game 7 after trailing 0 3 in a series are now 0 4. And teams to force a game 7 at home. After trailing 0-3 in a series, are now 0-1. The O's will not go. The Celtics will not get up. How are you going, man? I am ecstatic. I cannot describe how happy I was watching Game 7. And um, off the bat, like, really sorry to any Celtics fans that are listening. Um, Sorry to Tom Harding from our fantasy league one of the truest Celtics fans I know um not insufferable you know pretty real about the team um pretty crack up online but like I was just so happy to see them lose I was so happy the way that they lost um I was happy the way Miami won yeah more than anything um they went out there and got it done um of course, we have to mention Jason Tatum's ankle injury, first play of the game. But at the same time, everybody's injured. Jimmy Butler's injured. He played through it, as he should have. Having a bum ankle is no reason to only shoot the ball 13 times in a Game 7, especially after you held up the 5-0 in the previous round. Um, Miami deserved to win. Second eight seed to ever make the finals first playing team to make the finals although that's kind of a nothing stat <laughs> in my opinion um but yeah eric spolstra's sixth finals as a head coach pat riley's 19th finals as a player coach or executive unreal Heat culture baby Heat culture it's real it actually is real um we can maybe finally start to believe that this team is better in the playoffs after what like three or four years of constantly doing exactly this um they always get doubted but um yeah so last four years they've got a finals eastern conference finals yeah lost game seven which was last Mm -hmm. year and now another finals yeah and then the the other one was losing to the bucks um who went on to win so so it's a pretty um impressive resume there it is, eh? Damn. It is. Um, yeah, that was um it was unreal. I think they just they just bought it, man. They they bought it from start to finish. Um, you know, even post game six where you're having one of the most heartbreaking losses, the um the reaction was not to come out flat, not to come out deflated not to come out cut up or complaining or blaming, nothing like that. It was fire, it was determination, and it was a will that has brought them all the way throughout these playoffs to this point. Um, just insane from all the, all of the guys on the team there um, to gut it out in Boston. Crazy stuff, man. It was a real interesting game that's like real interesting game to start off with because Miami were down by like five or six. They didn't score for the first three minutes of the game. Like when you think about that, it's, you know, like that's jitters, nerves, whatever it is, you know, the crowd is absolutely buzzing. Yet despite that, the Celtics still score only 15 points in the first quarter, their lowest scoring first quarter all season. Um, And they never really got back in it. No. I actually think the crowd was as good as it could have been. You know, like they're down 17 points in the second quarter. They cut it to seven. That crowd was buzzing. It was ready to go. But Miami just had an answer every single time. Um, we're going to have to talk about Caleb Martin because he was exceptional in the second quarter and again in the third quarter, a little bit in the fourth, 
but when Miami really needed baskets, like there were stretches when they just could not score. They were taking bad shots and he just found a way to get it done. He's hitting spot up threes, pull up threes, shot clock bailouts, everything. Little like Kobe turnaround mid-rangers. Oh my goodness, man. He, (laughs) who could have ever seen that coming from him? Um, And people, people are calling it a robbery that uh jimmy butler won the conference mvp there that was um <laughs> yeah and- it's pretty consistent hey like lo- lots of people are saying that i don't i don't quite fall that way Neither. um i th- i think jimmy was just an insane games one and two yeah and i think that winning those first two games was really critical well like obviously but like that's what gave them the the whole edge that gave them the 3-0 lead that they could then almost blow um i i also think like the chat with steph curry and him not winning in 2015 to andre agadala like steph curry had better stats than andre agadala that series steph curry just didn't play to the level you thought he was going to play or to the level that he had played but just because of that doesn't mean, and, and Iggy played better than he yeah. had was expected. And just because of that, like the contrast showed up well, just like in this series, right? That, like That's exactly what it is, is it's an expectations thing where Caleb Martin played well, well above his expectations, obviously. But even when you look at the raw numbers, he's, he's not, he's not there. At Jimmy Butler's level, um, you know, but <laughs> he's at uh, Jalen Brown's level, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Brown's about to get a, what is it, $290 million extension? Yeah, so we tweeted about this. Caleb Martin for the series was 19.6.5 rebounds, just under two assists, on 60% from the field, just under 50% from three, 22 or 45 threes. Which is just unreal because yeah. he's got such like a flat, awkward shot. Every time he shoots it, I think it's hitting the front of the rim. Yeah. And yeah, but Jalen Brown, 19 points as well, six rebounds, three and a half assists on 41% from the field. And then an abysmal 16.3% from three. Damn. And he took yeah. nine three pointers in Game Seven, one of nine. Oh, and oh. Jalen Brown made second team All NBA this year, so he is going to get two ninety five over yeah. five years. I think. I think we can. We'll. I think we should get to that at the end of this. We can talk <laughs> about the ramifications um, because it is something that needs to be discussed. Because my goodness, that really handicaps your team. But anyway. We'll get to that. Uh, on the topic of Jalen Brown, um, eight turnovers in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first 47 minutes of the game, the Heat had nine turnovers. Three in oh. garbage time there, one of them being a shot clock turnover. <laughs> that's not good. Well, that's a respectful turnover. And <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, if we just, you know, let's widen our lens a bit. Let's look at the whole postseason. Jalen Brown, 58 turnovers. 63 assists <laughs> who could have seen this coming well in the regular season he had 197 turnovers and 232 assists wow that's so, that's a bad ratio eh? that is that is like, like seriously bad uh, Jalen brown scared me to start the game like as someone that was rooting for the hate just because he hit his first two shots it was looking like okay you know Jalen's going to score 16 points this quarter. He's going to get going. But, you know, he just starts taking pull-up three-pointers, contested three-pointers, shots early in the shot clock. Um, Like you mentioned, he can't dribble, um, especially to the left and especially attacking a closeout. He rushes and it's very predictable. Um, Duncan Robinson blocked him. Duncan Robinson also stripped him. it's just on a night when Tatum was struggling and didn't have it, they needed Jalen Brown 
to be the $295 million guy. And he was outplayed by Caleb Martin, who was waived by the Hornets, got a two-way contract with the Heat that was then later solidified to be a three-year $20 million deal. Yeah. Um, I know who I'm taking. Uh, what contracts? Co- yeah, contract, contract contracts factored in. Um, yeah, that's that's really tough. I, he had one down the stretch where he sort of drove in and then like pulled his dribble out and just lost it off his own hand. And yeah, it was it's it wild, was eh? dismal, man. It was dismal watching this team try and fight. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I don't even know if I'd call it trying or no. fighting. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it's it's like. They got it to seven in the third quarter, right? So they're down 11 at halftime. They get it to seven in the third quarter. You know, it's fluctuating between 17 and seven. Then it's 10 at the end of the fourth. And they just come out of the fourth flat as anything. Um, Marcus Smart was scared to shoot. At the end there, he was, he was, it was real like watching James Harden in, in game seven, actually. The way yeah. James Harden was scared to shoot, he got the ball, he was getting rid of it. Marcus Smart was doing the same thing because he couldn't buy a bucket to save himself. Marcus is, you know, too busy trying to play the game that is the refs, you know, baiting fouls, complaining. We're, we're laughing about the photos the last couple of days that have come off, like Caleb Martin shooting a baseline jumper and he's arms out looking at the ref. It's like, he's not, bro, even, fa- not even facing like, Caleb Martin taking that shot. It's just like... Kyle Lowry does the same thing, but like game seven, you need to play the game that is basketball, not whatever nonsense it is trying to bait fouls or ticks or whatever it is you're trying to do. You just need to get out there and focus on doing yeah. what you're supposed to do, yeah. especially when Jason Tatum is scoring 14 points in 41 minutes. Mm, it's Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. <clears throat> it's but um enough this, enough on the Celtics. Well, I mean, just w- one more thing. <laughs> this is, they they've been doing this. They've been uh, doing yeah, this. They that it, like, and this sort of speaks into the Heat underdog story. Is the Heat? I like me personally. I've picked against the Heat in every series I've played so far. Heads up, that's not going to change. But. They have been underdogs the whole time. And I sort of spoke about this last episode. Even when they were 3-0 up, there were some models, like Mm -hmm. some betting sites that were still having the Celtics as favorites. And I just don't get why. Like even after all of this, everything the Celtics have shown us, then coming into game seven at home, why, like... We should have seen this coming, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, we should have seen it coming. I did. Yeah, yeah, I, you- I stuck to my guns. <laughs> I had the Heat and Seven at the start of this game. Well done. I just think this has been a notoriously bad matchup for um, the Celtics. Yeah. Um, the way that this series happened is probably the last way I would have picked uh, games, you know, a 4 3 Miami Heat win yeah. going. I think. We talked a bit about pressure, right? And like the Celtics were just tentative. They were, what was it? Nine of 42 from three, a team that relies on the three point shot. Um, Jason Tatum is sort of the only guy that can ever consistently create his own shot in an efficient way in the big moments. Hmm. Um, And without him trying like he was too busy trying to make it look like he was hurting grimacing for the cameras and all that stuff i get it like you're in pain bro so is everyone that's also it, game like, seven bro. yeah you've get 48, off the 48 minutes to make something happen um yeah but so i have a final stat just to get out there on the celtics if you don't mind mm-hmm. this was the lowest celtics point total all year 84 um, their second loss was 92 against the Magic in December. The wow. last time they scored fewer points was all the way back in January 2021. <laughs> oh, Not good. Yeah. Like, so what I was saying before, like Jason Tatum is the only guy that can do that. And they just didn't have anybody step up 
Um, you know, Grant Williams, he's not going to give you anything. Brogdon, like, you can talk about that injury. You can talk about Jason Tatum's injury. But, like, Tyler Hero, the second best offensive player all year, at times probably the best offensive player for Miami out the whole series. They're finding a way to get it done. I think the Celtics team is just like the term front runner is used. It's it's one that I quite like. It's quite a casual term, but they really do rely on Tatum to get them ahead. And then they build from that momentum. They, they don't play from behind. Whereas Miami relishes being down 10 in the fourth. That's like, the, yeah. like it's bread and butter for them. Yeah. just like, that's right where we want them. Um, <laughs> and so like, it's like they got that early on in this game and then they locked in and their offense was just beautiful at times for an offense that has, you know, was one of the worst in the regular season. They were getting good looks in the moments that mattered. Um, a couple of times, I, you know, they were really on the ropes and it was a Gabe Vincent three in the corner, a Duncan Robinson back cut, Jimmy doing his thing. Um, really like a really good job just to dig deep in those tense moments to just you know keep that score ticking over yeah just find something find something um yeah well that, i mean that, that's a huge difference between these teams is you know one has one of the greatest coaches mm-hmm. i mean i wouldn't be mad if someone called him the best coach in the league right now um, at the helm and a, like has continuously proven to be willing to switch it up change mm-hmm. the change their schemes change you know whatever is necessary their lineups their rotations whatever it is to find something that you know maybe it's not effective but at least it's trying something something that yeah. he thinks will work um yeah. and that's a massive difference like I, th- I read a stat about them switching pick and rolls. They didn't, they barely switched the whole series until this game where they switched over half of their pick and rolls. And just like little things like yeah. that that he hadn't tried and it just switches it up and it throws the other team off. And when you've got Joe Mazzola on the other side, <laughs> those differences that have not been planned for, you can just take advantage of them. Um, mm-hmm. so just, yeah, fantastic work there from Spo. Yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. Um, he has been for a long time now. Um, he's dealt with a lot of different teams, you know, with the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch era, and, you know, the egos and the superstar power there as quite a young coach, as a yeah. unproven coach. And then, you know, all of that overnight is gone and he's, you know, asked to rebuild but he's still making the playoffs and now with this team he's at his second finals in four years which yeah. is just wild um jimmy butler we sort of touched on him before finals mvp or eastern conference finals mvp um i understand the knock on him is a couple of times a couple of games you know he he didn't quite have it um you know, he had a 16-point game in there, 14-point game in there. He only shot 42% from the field for the series. Um, but he was there when it mattered most. Mm-hmm. Um, Continuously. I me- yeah. I mentioned the two games that that he got at the start of the series. But game six, we saw it in the fourth quarter. That game was over. He's the reason why that you know, that was a Derek White buzzer beater. Mm. He's the reason why they needed that. And then again today, um, although, you know, not his most efficient performance, this this team needs him to shoot 25 shots to win games like this. They, they just do. And that's how you'd rather go out. You'd rather go out on Jimmy Butler shooting 12 of 28 than Jason Tatum shooting 5 of 13. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And... Sticking with Miami's offense, something I you know wanted to mention, and this kind of crosses over into the Western Conference as well, but what Miami do is 
they get into their sets real quick. Like they dribble the ball up and at about 18 seconds, they go for their first action, whether that's the ball on the post, back cuts, whether that's a pick and roll, a dribble handoff. That first action takes place at like the 16 or 14 seconds to 18 second mark. And what that does is it means if that first action is shut down, they're kicking it out with nine seconds on the shot clock and they can do something else. They can go again. The Celtics, on the other hand, they're standing there dribbling the ball for 15 seconds and they're going for their first action with nine seconds left on the shot clock. And that means that when that first movement gets shut down, they've either got to force up a shot, kick it out for a terrible shot, or just combust. And I think the in the Western Conference, we saw the exact same thing with the um, Nuggets and the Lakers. The Lakers wait ages before they try anything. The Nuggets get into it quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and like just saying that now, it's almost like you're having two possessions in one. It, it really know? is. It really is. Yeah. That's, that is a good point. It's, yeah. <laughs> It's again. It's coaching, man. It's coaching. It's um, you know, it, it's having having your head on your shoulders. Something that Missoula hasn't had all year. Mm-hmm. And like the Warriors play like that. The Houston Rockets with James Harden back in the day, they didn't play like that. And what you're doing is you're giving. It's yeah, like you said, two shots in one position. It's two goes, multiple goes, at scoring every possession. Like how many times did Jimmy Butler drive into the paint and declines to shoot doesn't pull up for a layup dribbles back out and he's still got 11 seconds to kick the ball around swing it around the perimeter go for another dribble handoff whatever it is um it's just little things like that that you do consistently yeah make uh traditionally inefficient offense so much more efficient definitely a hundred percent bro and it doesn't doesn't hurt to hit all your threes either. <laughs> the Heat are the the number one shooting uh, three point shooting team these playoffs so far. Um, Weren't they so, like near the bottom in the regular season? Well, okay. Let's let's talk about the regular season for a second. Normally, when you have a team that like the Heat that makes a run from a low seed, there's normally you know, you'll get a sign of life in the regular season. You'll get a them ripping off a, a 10-game win streak in the last three weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. You'll get some sort of sign, or like maybe their star player comes back or something like that. You'll have some sort of indication that, okay, maybe this team isn't as bad as they're performing. The Heat, they were, they were trying their damn hardest to catch up to the Nets for like the last month of the season and they couldn't do it. That's what makes this all the more surprising is is a switch around of a team that has, that's pretty much unprecedented, really. Mm. The the gap between the regular season and playoff basketball and the fact that they really are two completely different games, like that gap's never been wider, eh? Just Mm. with, you know the various different styles each team can play, not just across a series, but throughout a game and having a coach that's able to, you know, even an assistant coach, a video team that's giving you analysis at halftime, just to, you know, pull out those little fibers of adjustments that they can make throughout the game. Like as, you know, as much as every time Jalen Brown has the ball, this is what we're going to do. Every time this happens, that's what we're going to do. Um, it just it makes it so much more difficult as an opposing team to keep up with that and like you can't defend it and then you're having to change what you're doing on offense as well it's it's a special ingredient that this heat, heat team have and it's it's so nice to watch definitely man definitely uh- are we? Oh, I, th- I feel like we're wrapping this up. Well, I wanna... what's? I was just going to say, what's not nice to watch is Bam Adebayo in the post. He's. Mm, I'm going to push back on that one. Go on then. I thought he had a good game. Like offensively, no, he wasn't there. But they were up by twenty. It, it didn't really matter. Mm. I think I, on defense, 
Oh, he he doesn't he doesn't waver on defense. Give no. the guy as much shit as you want about his offense, but his defense, he is consistently elite on that end of the ball. Um, but yeah, go ahead, rip him he, down he on is, offense. He is absolutely, <laughs> and like his mid range ball handling is is really good. I just think those moments in the post when he's got Derek White on him or Marcus Smart on him. He can't afford to do like a fadeaway jump shot or a little bunny hook in the paint. Like he needs to, he has moments. Like we were talking about some of the rebounds and dunks that he has, but it's just like, man, this guy is tough. And then he does shit like that. And it's just like, come on, bro. Like you've got, even though you're small, you've still got like five or six inches on these guys. Like attack the hoop to like dunk it or get contact or whatever like don't shy away from it and like yeah we've seen a lot of it these playoffs ad does it and it's the most frustrating thing so i just pick up on it when bam does it and bam's got trouble waiting for him if he's gonna play like that well i think that i think that's why i noticed it because i'm you know they're down 20 or i'm sorry up 20 and i'm just thinking bam's doing this in the post what's going to happen when he's up against Jokic? because he is a different beast he is. He is. Um, I think before we get to that, quickly, very, very quickly, Jalen Brown, extension, you are the Celtics front office. What are you doing? Okay, so this answer isn't as clear-cut as it was a few months ago, not because of how Jalen Brown has played, but because of the CBA. Um, the CBA collective bargaining agreement between the players and the owners it details the cap how much money you can spend on different players um all sorts of provisions like that it's like a 400 page document it's one of the most confusing things in the world i've i've read the last one like half like half read the last one um i haven't read this one yet but basically there are stronger caps on players sorry on teams and you're penalized more for going over the cap so for example the clippers and the warriors have been paying like 250 million dollars a year in tax for their teams just because they were over and that's what they wanted to do um the cap's at about 170 mil for for next season um you can't really go over 180 that's where the line's sort of drawn they're already paying jason tatum 50 with jalen brown again was with Jalen Brown getting 50 that is like 60 percent of your payroll on two guys yeah who have had several goes at this who haven't been able to get it done but in saying that they're still like 25 and 26 Mm. they're still very young they're still very versatile um and Getting stars is the hardest thing to do. I think you have to re-sign him. I think you have yep. to give him the money and you sort it out from there. You're far better to have to pay him that money and need to trade him and get something back for it than to risk pissing him off to the point that he walks for nothing. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. The um the new the new CBA, the the real thing that it hinders is um bringing in those sort of middle tier guys um, mm-hmm. and keeping those middle tier guys. So is Jalen Brown worth 50 million? Probably not. Is this team a finals contender with Jalen Brown on the team? Probably. Mm-hmm. I think there's some, there's like a middle ground here where, you know, you always see teams overplaying, for, overpaying for their own players, which is fine. You got to keep your guys. And, you know, like a good example would be Tobias Harris. He's not worth his contract, but he's not a bad player. Mm-hmm. Um, and he 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 doesn't negatively impact your team. Jalen Brown, similar story. No, he's not worth the 50 million. But the issue is not so much how much you're paying him, but your limited ability to bring in players around him and Tatum once they're on these contracts. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to come down to. And to be honest, if they do sign and trade him, I don't know what is out there that is an upgrade. 
over Jalen Brown, unless I don't know, yeah. is there like a Dame Lillard trade out there? Yeah, I'm know. I'm not too sure. It would all de- it would all depend on like what the Celtics were wanting to do in trading Jalen Brown, whether they're wanting to sort of pause for a bit. But I think if they can lock him up, they they're gonna do it. Um, you know, Grant Williams, I know he's been talked to. He's free agent. He's they they're not going to be able to keep him. No, um, but they've got Brogdon yeah. and White still, I think. But Marcus Smart is coming up, so I th- I don't think he's going to be on the team again next year. It's you know he, I think he's had his time in Boston. Um, I think they need they need to just move on from him. And same with Al Horford as well. I think he's unless Al Horford is going to you know come off the bench and give you fifteen. 15 minutes i think he he's not a 40 minute guy anymore yeah i think he's i think he's in a similar boat to grant williams where it's gonna be pretty much impossible to bring him back mm-hmm. um but yeah that's the thing is you know obviously jason tatum and jalen brown are great players the roster around them could use some work as soon as this new cba comes in you're not going to be able to do that work that this roster yeah. needs. So it's a tough one. Yeah. So you talk about playoff scars and like going through the ringer as a team. Like this is one of the, you know, most played together group of guys. Oh yeah. Over the last wee while. They've, they've had so much success. You look at all the like most points scored in the playoffs in the last eight years and Brown and Tatum are on those lists near the top, but just because of how consistently they've made the playoffs and how deep their runs have been. But it's time for a change. I don't know what that change is. Maybe I think we'll we'll get into that sort of stuff um, once the season's wrapped up. But yeah. the point is, I they need to try keep Brown and then figure it out later. Yeah, agree. It's uh, you don't want to lose him for nothing. Exactly. So moving to the finals, the question I have for you is, is Jokic going to average a 40-point triple-double for the series or a 30-point triple-double for the series? Because he is going to feast on this Miami team. He's the tallest player out there by probably five inches because Kevin Love's not going to get any minutes. He's he's done. Caleb Martin's been playing power forward. He's six foot five. Bam's six foot seven. It's not going to be pretty for Bam, I don't think. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. Jokic is everything the Celtics aren't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, he steps up his game in the playoffs and he can pass the ball. So there you go. Full stop right there. Um, no, it's... Jokic has obviously proved now that you can't really scheme against him um Mm -hmm. so i'd like to see spo give that a go um just for my own amusement i'd like to see him try no he's Um, gonna try he's gonna do a good job i you know as good of a job as you can do i think he will um but i don't think the key to this is slowing down Jokic because you can't really do that with the personnel that you have yeah and Jokic is slow enough as it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) that just makes him more powerful um yeah it's gonna it's gonna be tough for Bam um I I do think it's a mismatch in a lot of areas you know the Heat were beaten by the Hawks in the play-in because of the Hawks size and their rebounding um but Clint Capella is a far more dynamic player than Jokic well, yeah. look, man, yeah, we don't need to be saying things that obvious on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Hawks dominated with their size and the Nuggets do not lack in size. Um, that's the first point. And secondly, like the Nuggets have been hitting nearly all of their threes. Um, and it's going to be tough to stop them when they've got Aaron Gordon out there who I think is going to have a massive, massive series. Mm-hmm. You have MPJ out there, 6'10". Yeah, he's good not luck. even going to see who's defending him. Exactly, exactly. Like, good luck with that. And then KCP, he... like He's a champ. He's if a champ. He's o- if he's open, he'll get the ball, he'll shoot it, and he'll probably hit it. And then Jamal Murray, 
the Heat aren't that good at defending point guards. So it's, I don't know, man. I I love the run the Heat have been on, um, but I'm going to have to pick against them again. Uh, what do you see in this series? Okay, so I, I see Jokic feasting, obviously. Um, I think Miami are going to change up their defense frequently. They're going to give lots of different looks. I think where that's going to struggle is the Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic pick and roll. It never looks the same twice. It's, you know, Jamal is the screener. Next, it's him running off, um, running up from the baseline, getting the ball on a dribble handoff. And really, when on those plays, if you fight over him, over the screen, Jokic is going straight to the rim. If you go under, Jamal is wide open for three and it's almost impossible to defend. Um, but, I mean, the Heat are going to make it a slugfest, man. Like, they're going to... have to. Th- yeah, they, they really will. And guys like MPJ and Aaron Gordon are going to be absolutely critical. Yeah. Um, just because... You know, whether it's going to get in their heads or not, whether, you know, because the Nuggets are now the favorites, they're the overwhelming favorites in the finals. They weren't supposed to be the overwhelming favorites in the finals. All year it's been Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Boston. And now they're the overwhelming favorites. And like, they need to be like, be so certain that it's not just going to happen for them and that they're going to like, go out there to smash this heat team because this heat team isn't going to give up. They're going to keep plotting away. And, you know, you can be up 13 points in the third quarter being like, yep, this, you know, everything's gone our way. And Jimmy sees the ball going once and he's like, yep, me time. Yeah. No, I also like on the heat side, I don't think if Jimmy Butler's going, like nobody can stop him really, but I think he'll get what he wants also. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't see the zone being so effective in this series. You know, you look mm-hmm. at the stats from the zone in the Celtics series they just played, and they are lethal on defense against the Celtics when they play that zone. But that again is because they lack the passing to be able to yeah. break down the zone. Um, obviously if a zone is run and Jokic is in the high post. I can just see you smiling right now. You're thinking about it, aren't you? (laughs) Oh man, it will be beautiful to watch whipping a one-handed cross-court dime over to someone with an inch of space. Mm. Um, I don't think that's going to work too well. It'll be, I think they'll probably try and tire him out. Um, If not attack him, get him involved. In mm. a lot of in a lot of actions, um, and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big coaching mm. thing for the Heat. Um, but then also, I can I can see them having one of these three point shooting games that they've had, and just just overpowering overpowering the Nuggets because these teams are one and two in three point percentage in the playoffs so far. Mm. So they might have a game where they come out and hit like 45% of their threes, 50% of their threes, you know, and just wipe the floor. And that could easily happen because they've done it all year. Yeah, I think like obviously lots resting on Jimmy. Um, but I think you made a really good point there about Jokic being like them trying to tire him out. Um, he hasn't had to, you know, guard someone these playoffs yet like ad isn't a perimeter player at all whereas bam spends a lot of time not quite on the perimeter but at least you know the high elbow with the ball and he's he almost plays i mean not quite like Jokic, but they run a lot of things with him as him as the initiator and so Jokic is going to have to be involved as that like first point of contact on defense rather than you know ad was so tired he was just standing at the low block for several offensive positions in a row. And I think they're really going to make an emphasis to, to get Bam involved early. 
Um, and then I, I also just think that like what I mentioned before with like the heat getting into the offensive sets early, um, that's tiring to guard in itself because you're not just guarding one action. You're having to guard multiple actions, every single possession. And when you stick with plays like that, you generate open shots. And like, that's why the heat are shooting so good from three. It's not like they're, you know, they've got pretty good shooters that are doing step backs and pull-ups and that sort of thing. Like they're all open catch and shoots that are off dribble drives, dribble handoffs, kick outs, whatever it is. It's, and it's like, open. It's open and you can't really guard that. Like there's not yeah. much you can do to guard a team that is so patient. Um, but yeah. that's going to go both ways. Like Denver, Denver play the exact same way. Um, Denver, you know, on paper have better talent to play that way. Um, but like Jimmy in the post, you know, against Jamal, against MPJ, he's going to be trying to bait them into fouls baiting them into you know poor positioning kcp he's too small um and then aaron gordon and Jokic are too slow so it's it's going to be a mismatch hunting fest out there um yeah i yeah no it, it will be i i'm just sort of thinking now the nuggets have they've almost seen all, all of these things throughout this playoff run, you know, they've had, they've had the the not point guard guard who's exploded and you know tried to carry their team to the win with Anthony Edwards and Devin Booker, you know, they've had the foul baiting and the picking on Jamal Murray with LeBron and Austin Reeves in the last series, you know, they've had these sorts of battles that you're talking about already and throughout that time they've overpowered it through Jokic's brilliance Jamal Murray's brilliance but also Michael Malone's scheming on on the defensive end of things you know the the way he set up that defense in the Sun series was it was a thing of beauty yeah but the you way- only had, they did only have to guard two guys no, but that's that's the thing is you're saying you're talking about these open looks that the three point shooters are getting. Like that was the point of the whole defense was to stop that happening, or if not stop it, make it so they couldn't get it to those open players, if you get what I'm saying. And there's no like the Heat yeah. don't really have any exceptional passes on their team. No, um, no, they, they, they don't. Not, I think, hmm. no, sorry, you finish. I, I, oh, I was just going to say, not that I see it going the exact same way, but I'm just saying there are elements of this team that they've already faced and already picked apart. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that like the difference is like, I don't even want to mention Minnesota because they're just redundant. Um, with Phoenix, like they only had to guard those two guys. KD and Booker were the ones that they wanted taking all their shots. Everything started and finished with one or one of those two guys. Um, Phoenix, again, played quite slow. Um, I've talked a lot about, you know, getting into your actions quickly. They didn't do that. Same with the Lakers. Um, Miami is going to push the pace. Well, not, not push the pace, but on offense attack and consistently attack and it's not going to matter with you know who it is that's attacking because like at the end of the day if you're on the court in the nba finals you're probably good enough to score um yeah. in some in some capacity unless you know you're cody zeller out there for a defensive lob position or something like that like it's it's the same but it's different like the Suns cared whether it was, if it wasn't wasn't Booker or Katie shooting. The Lakers cared if it wasn't LeBron or Austin Reeves creating the shot. The Heat don't care. Like Duncan Robinson had freaking eight assists in Game Six. Like Duncan Robinson, the spot up shooter that didn't play in the regular season, all of a sudden he's passing the ball. Bam's getting assists. Kyle Lowry's still able to give you, you know, fifteen or twenty minutes every now and again. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> like I, I just think the, the the point is like that they don't care who it is. It's the open guy, and the open guy is able to make the most of that situation. And like this isn't me arguing for the Heat to win the series or anything. It's just that that's how they're going to play, and it can cause problems. No, it it fully can. It can. I mean, we've seen um, it. We've seen. Of course, it can cause problems. We've, <laughs> we've seen it for three fucking series right now. But like, it's gonna cause problems, and it's it is different. It's not. Yeah. It, it is the point. No, no, no. It's. I'm not. It's not gonna be a cakewalk. Even if look. Even if it is a four to one series, I highly doubt that every single one of those games is a blowout. You know, it will be close. There will be leads blowing. There will be comebacks made, and there will be role players popping off um in terms of factors you know another thing we haven't mentioned the elevation the elevation bro i was i was very happy for the nuggets to play the heat in the finals i am ecstatic that they're playing the heat after a grueling seven game series with the first game in denver with only two days rest you you can laugh at it all you want, but that is a factor. It's massively a factor. Maybe the Heat just wanted to get some reps in. They were like, oh, actually, we want to practice. Practice a bit yeah. more. Let's drop a game or two. Rest versus rust. We'll see how the Nuggets right? come out, eh? Exactly. I, I don't know. It's just like, like you know, if Jimmy, Butler's, J- Jimmy Butler might shoot 20 times, Caleb Martin might shoot 20 times, Bam Adebayo might shoot 15 times. Gabe Vincent, like, it's so many different guys could be the guy that put up multiple shots. We weren't going to see Tory Craig shoot the ball 15 times against the Suns. Um, yeah, it's just, it's slightly different, but the Nuggets I'm are... Just talking, I'm just talking about the way they defended it, yeah. not, yeah. you know. They, they, it's not like the Nuggets were leaving those guys, like waving them off and and walking back and under the basket to get the yeah. rebound. But like know, the, the Celtics weren't waving the Miami guys off. They were defending them as best as they could. It's just that the ball movement and the the scheme of the offense created open guys, um, created yeah. open looks. Um, that's how you have you know, this Miami Heat team shooting so well from three. Um, really interesting to see how the series starts. Um, yep. I, I think you you are correct in that. It's going to be lots of adjustments. Um, expecting a coaching masterclass from both sides, which is really exciting. I don't, when was the last time we had two, you know, exceptional coaches in the finals, I suppose last year. Um, but Ime, I mean, Ime was great, but he, you know, it was his first time. Yeah. I I don't know, man. Because he got outcoached by like... Pop you know, versus Spo back in the day. Yeah, but know, even Ty then... Ty a pretty good coach. It wasn't the same Spo, was it? Nah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I want to know, after talking the heat up, what's your um, prediction? For how the series goes. I think it's going to be Nuggets and Six. Is okay. is what I think. Um, yeah. What, uh, nuggets and Six is, is what I think. But man, I'd love a Game 7. Uh, you know, I just want more basketball. To is, be honest. Hey, look, if I would take a Game 7 if it was guaranteed the Nuggets will win. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> nothing's guaranteed against this Heat team, bruh. No. Um, I... I am very confident in in my boys, um, in my sweet, sweet Serbian fat center. Very, very confident. But um, I don't want to count this Heat team out because I've done it so many times. Um, so I will also go Nuggets and Six. Mm. Um, not going to try and pick which game goes which way. I think I would be very, very surprised if the Heat won game one. Um, but outside of that, it's it's anyone's game, really. And Tyler Hero, rumored to be back game three mm-hmm. of this series. Yep. I yep. wonder how that will go. Yeah. 
it'll how be will he be brought back? Yeah. Probably, yeah, he'll be off the bench and it'll be a situation, you know, start of the second quarter, they'll bring him in and be like, you've got four minutes, let's see how you are, let's see if you're up to speed and if if um, he doesn't have it, I think it'll, you know, it won't be until garbage time. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, who knows, he might come back and hit five threes in, <laughs> in like two Don't, minutes and then I'm be like, this yep. hate team, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, He'll I mean, come he's back and average like twenty eight for the series. Well, or I mean, something. he's going to have open looks, so yeah. I mean, according to you, yeah, there's no way to defend it. Yep, exactly. But anyway, <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm sure you're very excited as well. Mm. Probably relieved that it's the eight seed Miami Heat rather than any of the teams that you've, you know, been thinking you'd be seeing on the other side all series or season. I mean, they're not, they're not really an eight seed, are they? I think it's two pretty worthy teams being in the finals. And can I just talk about my excitement for a second? My goodness, man, <laughs> I am, go. I am so, so hyped for this. I cannot wait. I, I haven't really had a moment like this outside of watching the all blacks, you know, like, I don't know. Like the Blues have never been good, <laughs> and that's that's the other team I support. So I don't know. I haven't really had like a a, a moment like this. So I'm pretty hyped. I'm ready to soak it all in. I'm ready to take some long boozy lunches at work. I'm ready for some <laughs> sick days. I'm ready to park up on the couch on Sunday, smash a box of beers, and just just watch some NBA basketball, baby. How good. I can't wait to talk to you after game two. <laughs> when we're down, when we're down 0-2. Oh, down 0-2, Jimmy's just had 35 and 46 to start the series. Oh. Oh, did you see he's trademarked no. Hemi Buckets? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> good oh, on him. That'd be good. But anyway, um, if you want to hear our thoughts after game one, game two, before, you know, anywhere in between, before we get to the next episode, um, the place to... To see those thoughts, Instagram and Twitter, Boxed Out Pod. We'll see you there. Um, vote in our poll, which you'll probably see the poll before you hear this episode. Um, but we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thank you very much, everyone. Go Nuggets. Goodbye. Goodbye.